2: And now she said that you you were a tampering perv, whatever a tampering perv was. Anyway, um, enough of that. Come on, (laughs) Harry, get on with it.
1: Hello and welcome to the Motormouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. Did you know that Motormouth is on Patreon? Yes, you can support your favourite podcast if you want. And in return, we've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon where there are three levels of membership. Become a Motormouth companion for just £5 per month with our eternal thanks, early access to all podcasts, Podcast episodes ad-free. If you fancy going for £7.50 per month and becoming a Motormouth Associate, that means you can ask your own questions to our guests as well as enjoy ad-free early access to every single podcast. And if you're an absolute Motormouth legend and want to do £10 per month, you will get an official Motormouth baseball cap, a personal thank you on the actual show from us, and everything else, including ad-free, early access, and the opportunity to ask a question. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon or follow the links in the detail of this podcast. Your
0: support means everything to us and keeps us going. So thank you. Before we kick off with today's guest, we must tell you about our season five sponsors and the great team over at Motus One. Sponsors are vital for our survival and ensure we can continue to bring you interviews with the biggest names in racing, So if you or your company require event transportation, Dana and his team at Motus One has you covered anywhere in the world. From a single chauffeur-driven sedan to a fleet of luxury SUVs, Teslas or motor coaches, find your transportation solution with Motus One. With offices worldwide, including the Middle East, Europe and Africa, they can support your transportation needs regardless of your location. Motus One is committed to world-class service at the best possible rates to ensure your event goes without a hitch. Contact them at motusone.com. We'll put all their social links in the podcast description. And a massive thanks to Dana, their CEO and founder, for having faith in our show and joining us for season five. Now on with today's episode
1: this week on the Motormouth podcast we had the speediest chat ever with one of motorsports true legends eddie jordan former team owner former racer and of course f1 pundit he's always got an opinion and we find out what he thinks of the current state of formula one as well as being let into a couple of juicy stories from his time in motorsport thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen if you like it please do leave us a review it really helps us to get bigger and enjoy
0: hello everyone tim Sylvie here. Now, before we introduce today's guest, I need to head over to Essex to seek out my lofty big footed friend, Harry Benjamin. How are you doing?
1: I'm really well, Tim. Um, great. L- let's chat uh, some more um, and uh, keep this rolling. But we haven't got long with our guests. I we haven't like got
0: long. He about what I've been up to. We've got about half an hour with a man we really want to talk to. So, shall I crack on and introduce him? Let's do it. The people will understand. So, today we speak with a man who's not shy of an opinion or two and seems to know the latest F1 news and gossip before anybody else. He's a former racing driver, team owner, uh, F1 analyst, entrepreneur, Eddie Jordan. Welcome to the Motor Mouth podcast.
2: Yeah, that's a great pleasure. The fact that you have tampered with my daughter, I presume, all those years ago, puts you in a sort of a different <laughs> position, so I perhaps need to talk to you at some stage on a different matter but anyway go to, to,
0: ahead to give our listeners some context i i uh, i used to work with eddie's daughter mickey and i promise there was no tampering involved and <laughs> i'm sure mickey will vouch for me and i am I'm, I'm assured that her husband is in shot somewhere so i'm i'm staying well
1: clear yeah. i'll um i'll steer the conversation yeah. onwards shut eddie 2020 lockdown how have you navigated it or what's it been like in the world of eddie jordan
2: um, well, uh, I have to say that I, I had a really, uh, positive time. It, it was pretty horrific for most people. We mustn't uh, let that escape our mind. Um, that a, a lot of people suffered, a lot of people died and there was a lot of trauma and, uh, uh, real problems within life, whether it be not just commercial things, but home life and health and happiness, they were all affected. But Thankfully for me, um, I was able to, I spent most of it in Cape Town. I was still able to ride my bike and get out a bit uh, despite certain severe lockdowns. But, you know, hopefully that's over us now and we can look forward to a new life of the new year.
0: Now, Eddie, let's let's go back. Let's go back a few years. Take it back to the start. When did this racing bug appear for you? Is it Was it always there as a youngster or did it just come suddenly one day?
2: Well, you know, I came up, I'm a, I'm a lot older than you guys and, you know, I was born in, in 48, not long after the war. Um, Ireland was in a difficult situation at the time. We, we had no uh, industry, so to speak, and um, which in actual fact, as years rolled on, it was probably a positive because uh, the Industrial Revolution, if you like, that Britain had, we were left with a lot of unused factories and a lot of unused work. So Ireland didn't have that. They were a very agricultural country. And so we were brought up um, uh, much less well-off, but nevertheless um, with a much cleaner and a much better environment. And, and the, the great secret about Ireland, and I must say this, that there were two things that stood out uh, more than anything, and that was health and education. And they they invested everything in those aspects. And I think the more and more Irish people that you see globally as we go around the world and meet different people, you find, or I find, um, that I'm, I'm constantly reminded how good the philosophy of the Irish government way back in those times, because there is a great level of uh, intellect, there's a great level of, um, uh, you, you know, real people with education, but there was also a great caring for the health, and, and and therefore then the wealth of the country came, and as a result, there was a lot of uh, inward investment, and that's what makes Ireland so positive, so strong as we speak
1: well well said Eddie. i think that's a great uh, a great <gasps> spokesperson for for ireland of course i would expect nothing I, less but uh, <laughs> I, I
2: i did nick some money from them with the tourist board <laughs> because ireland was, was on the first formula one car i had uh, but anyway just going on from that um formula one was never in my mind i didn't answer the question properly um and it was only you know uh, there there's a bank strike and in my early 20s which is so so late by most people now um, even a chance to get back into racing and then start in Formula Ford and karting, Formula Three, um, a little bit of Formula Two. And, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get a, uh, some testing at McLaren, but that was very short and, and really, I, I wasn't really a good enough driver because the years had caught up with me. I was 30 at that stage. I was married with Zoe, Mickey's uh, older sister, and, and, and I, had, I had a really crisis. Uh, in my life as to what do I do next and um, go back to Ireland to being a banker, which I'd studied dumb and which I'd got my uh, Institute of Bankers exams, etc. But I didn't want to do that. Uh, and when I was with Marlborough, there was one particular person. There was a lot of great people there, people like James Hunt and um, Prost uh, came not not long after that. There was people like John Watson. There was uh, Emerson Fittipaldi. But there was one person who Um, took me on board and and was really helpful in terms of advice uh, and pushing me in certain directions, and that was Nicky Lauda. He he said, look, Eddie, I've seen what you do with the Marlboro and the promotions, the commercial side of things, um, but also I can see from from your financial uh, background that you would be perfect to start and run a team. And it's got me thinking about it. So I owe a lot to him. Um, Obviously, I miss him. Uh, It was a very sad occasion for me to go to his funeral last year. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, he was a great man. But, you know, there was a couple of things that was important. He was from Austria and his big brother, if you like, they were all in Germany. And I was Irish. So my big brother, everybody was in the UK. And so there was a lot of similarities there. And he was so great to me all through life. And I hope I repaid him a little bit because he used me to do all the negotiations or the discussions. Um, when when Lewis was in McLaren and they wanted to get him out of McLaren into Mercedes yeah. So let's hope, let's hope I repaid him in some tiny way for the help that he yeah
0: gave. And, and a very yeah. good move that was for Lewis too now listen let's fast forward to to uh, this period when you, you've started your own team you've built it up you've done well in the in the younger c- junior categories and you've made it to F1. How were, you, how were you received by the other F1 team bosses? You were coming in as a kind of different character, a big character, not afraid to say what he wants. Did they did they welcome you with open arms? Or were they like, who the hell is this guy? Who does he think he is?
2: Well, you know, let's be clear. Formula One is about big characters and big egos and big balls and, and all of those sort of things. And um, yeah, I don't need to tell you who were some of the protagonists at the time. But, you know, they felt, you know somewhat aloof and they felt that you know that they had the experience and they were going to win everything and and uh they 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 were the mindset so we were lucky to be able to be accepted uh by the fia as part of the group um and i understood that they had stood the test of time they'd invest their money in previous years and um so they were people that i looked up to but i had some contact with them because there was a number of drivers whether it was Johnny Herbert and when whether it was John Alessi, Martin Donnelly, even Gasho at the time and Pirro. I, I had helped place them in into formula 1 teams so as a sort of an agent um mm-hmm. these teams kind of knew who I was um we had won the formula 3000 championship we had won the formula 3 and I, I we had won in the junior categories we had won more of those races and championships than anybody else so i think there was In my particular case, I was lucky. Um, Lucky because I think a little bit of a reputation, a little bit of the Irish Blarney and the Irish Mountain shooting my lip off and various other things like that, um, it kind of gave me an easier ride because I wasn't going to bow down to any of those guys, even though I respected them immensely. Uh, I I felt that, you know, I've got two arms, two legs, a head, so I'm equal to them. I'm not going to... And I always... Had a great belief in myself, and I, I still that use that word more than any other word in my vocabulary, and that is belief. If you, as any person, as any individual, if you believe strongly and believe long enough about something, you will achieve what you want. Absolutely,
0: couldn't couldn't agree hmm. more. Do you do you feel like if you were given that same opportunity in modern day F one, do you think you could still make a success of it? If someone said, "Right, come on, you know, not now." You know, back at that age you were then, and you are now two thousand and twenty. Could you do it again?
2: Um, you know, I've no idea. It, it's a, it, it's a question that's not able to be answered. Uh, I believe I could, um, n- not, at, uh, not at an age of seventy-two, but at the same time, if I was the same sort of age uh, as I was then, yeah. could I do it now? I think it's more difficult. But then I say to myself, why is it more difficult? I remember when there was thirty-eight cars, um, fighting fifteen or sixteen of them fighting for pre-qualifying. Uh, for the first year in 91. I mean, we haven't seen that since then. Uh, And the reason is because I think it's killed all the people who did actually put cars on it. I mean, that was horrific. And I wouldn't, you know, there's only one time I was ever been ill in in my life and it was as a result of stress and it was the financial and the stress uh, involving my first year in 91. Um, and, And certainly... Uh, Pre-qualifying was one of those things. But, Mm. uh, you know, as time rolled on, um, it paled away and and we sort of made a thing. I think Bernie, um, who was a huge confidant to me and also a great help, um, the reason why uh, he took Schumacher away from me and gave him to Benetton because he didn't think I'd be around, even though I had a contract for the following year in 92. I think he, he needed Schumacher in Formula One for the German market. Um, And he didn't think that Jordan would be around long enough to be able to um, complete that contractual obligation. And uh, as a result of which, uh, I got paid. I got paid handsomely for it. Uh, It kept me in business. Bernie vowed to get me an engine the following year, even though I hadn't got absolutely a pot uh, to play with. It was just ridiculous. Um, And um, hence, I wound up with... A Jaguar engine, which was like putting four motorbike engines <laughs> in one one basket and sticking them in the back of the engine. Now, listen, they, they saved my body, that's for sure. Uh, Yamaha were brilliant, and we know what great engineers they were, um, but Formula One was never their bag. Um, I, I survived 92 as a result. Uh, and, and as we go back and say, you know, Bernie was pretty instrumental because he believed he actually believed, and I use that word again, he believed that Jordan had something that if we could unleash it and get it out of the the mire the, the, the and the financial deluge that it was in, that we might find um, a little nugget in there that might be something that could add to the Formula One um, memorabilia, could add, add something to the television, could add something to the, the way Formula One is. because. Jordan was different to any other team and that's what Bernie needed. He needed different characters that just like he needed Michael Schumacher because he realized that the untapped business from Germany was so vast uh, and so immense that by giving him which was, Schumacher was the first real, uh, after Winkelhock, he was the first German driver to come on the scene and Bernie could see that this guy had mm. sensational talent and The man has such a vision, he wasn't prepared to let him go. He wasn't prepared to let me go, so I owe him a lot too.
1: A quick interruption of the show to remind you to check out our Season 5 podcast sponsors. Motus One, the event transportation company. Motus One is the industry leader in complex transportation management. From hospitality, talent, production crews, VIPs and artist transportation, Motus One's team have you covered. They've also just launched their leading-edge cloud-based event transportation management system, Motus Ride. Now you can manage your entire event transport program digitally, making bookings, allocate rides, create approval processes, see reports, track costs, and loads more. Head over to MotusOne.com and hear how they can support your event transportation needs. Yeah, and I think uh, he obviously uh, had some uh, good, uh, good eyes for talent there, old Bernie. What do you think of? Uh... Formula One at the moment in a a post-Bernie Eccleston world. How do you see it all uh, in 2020?
2: Well, you know, Liberty are doing a decent job, Um, but what we have to remember is that um, here's a new group of people who've been confronted with a a, a virus, um, a pandemic that has been very unkind to so many different people, and particularly sport of every description, Uh, No people being allowed and despite, you know, for example, in Formula One, the the, the whole paddock club uh, involvement, people like Monaco selling seats because Mm -hmm. the drivers, just like the footballers, they're missing the crowd and they're missing the excitement of... um, of having the crowd participation, which has a huge effect. I mean, you go and you ask people like my, Nigel Mansell, how much did the crowd make to him? And he will say minimum half a second and possibly a second a lap because it sucks it out of you. It gets you that little extra performance. So uh, I, I'm disappointed with Formula One at the moment and and I'm not sure why. And I think a lot of it has to do with COVID. Mm. I, I'm a big fan of Bernie, so I think Bernie would have done things differently. Um, I just feel that, um, you know, the numbers, the television numbers, they're beginning to fall, as as indeed a lot of other sports are too. So it's not just Formula One. Um, and I think things need to be done. And um, I think also we need to inject new passion, new life, um, new characters. And I think the domination of Mercedes is not helping, but that's not their fault because yeah. their business is to get to do the best car. Um, and Lewis in particular has been, sublime. I mean, he has been sensational. I would say now, um, for sure, uh, in my view, he's the greatest driver of all time. Up till this year, I would have said it was Prost, and I know no one would have agreed with that, but I would have had Prost ahead of Schumacher and um, and Santa, to be yeah.
0: honest. I, I, yeah, you know. I, I don't think you're alone there. I think many people now are, are, are saying Lewis is the greatest they've ever seen. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff, the, the records he's breaking are astonishing. Now, now, listen, I, I, uh, I did get some uh, little uh, tidbits from Mickey before we chatted. Oh. So now she tells me, and this is a mad one, your seven-up liveried car, that uh, iconic car that we all know and love, She said that was something to do with Michael Jackson. Please explain.
2: I don't know where she got that one from. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) look, actually it's a true story because um, uh, Benetton screwed me. Because I'd won the championship with Alessi, I thought I had uh, the Camel sponsorship. Um, And we had Camel with Johnny Herbert in 3000 as well. So there was a lot of uh, vibe that I thought that I had the Camel deal agreed. Um, That wasn't to be. Uh, Ford and Benetton uh connives and contrived to nick it from me which is life uh and i'm a big boy i i took that in the chin it's it look that's not being bitter that's a fact of life yep. and um I, I i'm not bitter because i'm in the business um the best business in the entire world um I, I made some money in it and i had some great pleasure in it and i had some success in it so i'm not a bitter person i'm overjoyed with the way and the hand the cards that were dealt to me were sensational so we put that to one side, yep. um, and this goes to prove exactly why I am the luckiest person that ever has been in Formula One. Um, I thought of the Camel Deal. The Camel Deal failed um, a couple of weeks, exactly, exactly uh, twenty nineteen was it? Thirty-nine years ago today was nineteen ninety-one nineteen ninety, I should say, of that winter. So from now uh, in December um i went and did a talk show which i used to do uh to these major um conferences and there were 600 delegates from pepsi cola and it was in london here and uh, when i spoke to them uh, at the end of the conference um paul adams who went on to work for bat he came up and he said look thank you very much eddie jordan we want to wish you the very best look guys big clap blah, blah, blah. i said um, but i have to remind you guys all you delegates Uh, for the next two years um we're doing the worldwide tour with pepsi with michael jackson it's something sensational we need you to promote it and and run with this because this is one of the biggest programs that we've ever done within the brand of pepsi so i said well i knew that anyway so that was thanks bye bye guys see you later uh there was no fee i just did it because i you know i put myself about the place and um I always believe that uh, your, your, your network is your network. And so uh, networking is an important factor that Jordan always subscribed to. Um, but after Christmas, when I lost the camel deal, within a couple of days, Paul Adams rang and said, Jesus, there's been a shocking accident. Uh, Michael Jackson put too much lacquer in his hair, burnt his head, and has cancelled the tour. And he said, are you still up for talking about doing a deal? And I said, well, I'm still up, but I'm very close to doing other deals. <coughs> <laughs> Lying like hell. <laughs> so I said, we need to do this very quickly unless I'm you know, i nearly down the road. He said, oh, sure, come. And we did a deal and trashed it out. <laughs> um, and the reason it was Ireland, the biggest beverage in Ireland was 7-Up. And um, we kind of um, went along with the Fido Dido. I don't know if you knew the character, but... You know, yeah. we had a, a little involvement in the car, Fido Dido character and the green was important um, and what was even to make it even more lucky because I was working with Kodak which was very much a basic yellow background of their coloration um, promotion wise um, when I told uh, Kodak hey some good news I'm going to be with 7up and it's the green color and they said are you crazy? Uh, our biggest competitor is Fuji and um, there's no way we could have uh, a car that's green because we give a wrong message and stuff like that and they pulled out I jumped in the plane I jumped in the plane I went to Narita stood outside uh, the offices and sat for absolutely 48 hours till they had agreed to see me uh, in, in, in Fuji uh, and I got a bigger deal from them than I did uh, from 7th <laughs> That's seven amazing episode. That's the look of the Irish yeah. I then went back You're a hustler told, I told the Irish government if they were going to invite all these um, heroes from from uh, uh, from America in terms of the, the you know the Silicon Valley and they wanted to bring all of this new technology to Ireland, that we had to get rid of the um, the agricultural label that Ireland had, and you know Formula One was a The the pinnacle of technology, and they will be far better advised putting Ireland on the car, giving me some money, and then they could see that this is the new Ireland, the new inspiration, the new technology center. Come and work with us. We have the staff, we have the education, (laughs) we have the ability to conquer Europe. And that's what they did. So cool. They gave me the money.
0: Love it. That, that's that's how you do sponsorship, ladies and gents. You know, for, yeah, that's forget like all this from Eddie yeah. Jordan. I mean, a, a fair bit of luck
2: involved in that. I'm not
0: sure you can get away with that. Days, oh but, dear. Uh, listen, Eddie, um, we we don't have long with you, so we're gonna we're gonna dive straight into a very important part of our podcast, which we do with all of our guests. Um, Mark Webber's done it. Johnny Herbert's done it. We've had loads of your uh, your ex colleagues in the Formula One paddock. It's the Motormouth quiz. I'll pass over to Harry to introduce it.
1: Yes, Eddie Jordan, welcome to Motormouth, the hardest quiz in motorsport. We've got four bits of um, uh, sort of radio clips from over the years, which all relate to you. We're going to play them, you're going to listen to them, and then you're going to explain what's going on. So you're going to basically give us the context. You're going to say what you hear. Are you ready?
2: I, my my memory and my recall rate to some of this is not oh, it's brilliant. So if I say I have no idea what you're
1: talking about, then that's fine. <laughs> but at, that's fine. At the moment, the most points you can get is 14. And at the top of the list is actually Alexander Sims. Um, but three and a half points is the lowest. And that is Karun Chandhok. So it's, totally it's a rubbish. lengthy leaderboard. Um, let's, let's get on with it then, though, shall we? Tim, have a, uh, play the first clip. Eddie, have a listen
0: to this. Here it comes. So, the 5
2: out of 10 that Luca Montezemela gave you, are you uh, concerned about that or do you find that as a good motivational speech or you find that a bit degrading?
1: What's going on there?
2: <laughs> Gee, I have no idea. 5 out of 10 for Luca Montezemela. Luca was... Uh,
1: so, who do you think uh, you were talking uh, to, to there?
2: Well, probably Eddie Irvine, uh, which is probably a mistake. It's probably not. So, actually... Uh, Luca was always very good to us because I brought him a whole load of drivers, including Irvine and Michael Schumacher and Barrichello, uh, Fisichella, and of course John Alessi. But um, uh, I've no idea. I'm sorry, Pa.
1: <laughs> uh, fair enough. You were actually gate crashing a Ferrari conference and you were talking to um, oh, sorry, uh, yes. Stefano Domenicali. That was who you were talking to. So, okay, okay. Right, that's fine. I, I can Slow tell start. you
2: It was in Brazil. If that gets me a half a point, then that's fine
1: you know what that gets you a full point hey boy! There, there, are, there are three points up for grabs per question so that gets you one well done okay one in the bag that's no, not bad okay clip number two have a listen to this here we go
0: Sam you're not allowed to talk to the media can you explain why that would would be <laughs> Sam you can trust us you know what we're like we're proper fee people Sam wait right, let me explain let me <laughs> quite, now, a, quite a while going, ago what's
1: going on there <laughs>
2: well I think um, uh, Sam, was, um, Sam Michaels was banned from speaking by Ron Dennis. Ron and I were not exactly seeing eye-to-eye eye on lots of different areas. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sam Michaels, and I felt that Sam was going to tell us something. DC drew a blank, uh, and I would try my best to get Sam Michaels, who, who had um, left. He was with Jordan, of course, in those great days, um, and um, he went to McLaren. He wanted to talk to us, he wanted to tell us, uh, but I think he was kind of handcuffed and uh, he, he was uh, mm. yeah, he was banned from doing it. I don't know where it was,
0: to be honest. But,
2: that um, is I a good
1: far. yeah. I that gets you the full house. That's three points in the bag. That is an excellent recovery. Um, does <laughs> right, that mean, his... does that mean
2: I'm in front of Shandok because I can tell you there is no better. Brain or mind ah. about Formula One than him. Hundred percent, yeah. The ultimate best. Make sure you get that across to your people. Hundred percent. Oh, I think
1: every single person we've had has said, "How come Chandok is last? He is the biggest brain. He had an absolute nightmare. <laughs> he invited us to his home. He gave us tea and biscuits, and he oh absolutely I'm not doing it. that. It, <laughs> no, next next time. <laughs> anyway, that gets you three points. You are ahead of Chandot now, so the only way is up. Here's your next bit of uh, uh, audio. Have a listen to this. Here we go.
2: I would have sacked 90% of the whole lot of you at this stage. You are all superfluous. You are not needed, and you would have done it with a third or less. 10% of the people. 90%. I
0: love that. <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: what's um, happening you know I, I was pretty vicious about um the situation that i needed people to be committed i have to think about where that was um and i would have said 90 said percent of the people i think it was uh it, it, it was to do with um I, I think it was to do with um a tire a bad tire decision something to do with mercedes oh. and i was kind of talking to uh Joe
0: was no way off, no. Way off. It, it's, it's to do with um, essentially your so it's your former team, you've gone back to visit it later on in a different iteration of the team, yeah, in about well,
2: 2012. I, I, um, and uh, I remember being that that was taken on a visit, I think BBC perhaps yeah. we, we did it upstairs in the, in the technology center, and, and I remember Andy Stevenson. Uh, yes. Well done, by the way, to Andy. He was the one on the podium collecting. The, he, he was with me since 84, uh, 85. So brilliant guy. But I, I was talking to, um, with a meeting uh, with um, um, uh, Andy Green, who is the designer of that car. Uh, and we talked to his technical people. And I was just about to tell Jordan what I would have done with them, but they weren't Jordan. They were forcing.
1: Yeah, brilliant. You know what? That gets you. I'm, I'm going to say I think that gets you three three points. Yeah, 100. Started off on the wrong track, but you recovered it, so that's going to get you another three points. Okay, you have two more questions. They're both. They're not audio. It's all verbal. Here comes number four. As Jordan Grand Prix, how many podiums did you achieve as Jordan? No
2: idea. I would say. 12.
0: Oh, not far! Oh, off. not
1: far off! It was eighteen. Oh my word! I didn't think we were that good. But anyway, um, <laughs> not bad. Well, I can't, can't give you the point on that one. Okay, this well, no, is you your have to Give me a point because at least
2: it was in the teens. Come on! Don't be a misery.
0: Come on, Harry! Uh, Listen to the Irishman. <laughs> Fine, I'm going to give you. I'm going to. I'm going to give you half a point.
2: Okay. Karoon, <laughs> I'm sneaking further ahead. That's all right.
1: Okay, <laughs> this is your last one for a bonus point. Um. 2005 was the last year of the entry known as jordan grand prix how many points yeah. did you achieve now we're allowing um a, a, you know there's a bit of give here so if you're in the region you'll get the point but how many so, points I, i've got to ask you was it at the
2: time of 964 or 963 or was it uh, 25 18 because that's important
1: Oh, that's a good point. What, two thousand and five? What was that? I think that was nine nine six three. Oh, Harry, excellent! Well, I think knowledge. all
2: my Formula One races were nine six. Three.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it is nine six three. Uh,
2: uh, nine six four three, wasn't it? Uh, four, anyway, yeah. uh, I would say we got maybe that year what? four points.
1: Oh, oh, I'm Are you sure?
2: Yourself. Maybe zero points. If, uh, if it had anything to do with the lot that bought me, it was zero points because they didn't deserve to get any.
1: <laughs> you got twelve points that year. 12. Oh, there we go. That's so uh, the teams must
2: have been crap.
1: Not not quite the end, but let me just do the maths. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you know what that gets you seven and a half points, which puts you just above Steve Ryder and below Johnny Herbert in thirty. 30- third position oh, that's, so that's a good long way company, company. <laughs> that's a long way down i'm surprised <laughs> with Steve
2: Steve right there but you know johnny has, has had as many hits to the head as i've had uh, <laughs> then we're pretty similar we're in the same bag together don't worry
0: yeah. <laughs> now listen eddie, eddie for playing you, Motor it was a valiant effort right we've got uh, a couple of minutes left so we've got three quick questions for you we ask everybody these questions quick fire questions number one what's got you excited at the moment
2: um, oh, I'm, I'm going sailing in the Caribbean it's Christmas time bringing all the kids all the, Chris, the grandkids and I think Christmas has always been a big time for Jordan because uh, Formula One I was always away in the summer and the spring and, and, and of course autumn so Christmas I
1: adore it's, it's magic time for me
0: lovely Harry over to you for number two sounds
1: lovely um, if not doing what you're doing or what you've done becoming you know, a team owner what would you have done? Um, I think I would have always been a
2: hustler because I think being a team owner, um, uh, it was important that Nikki said to me, uh, "You're going to be far better suited." If I'd followed that trend and tried to be, you know, a clever driver and various things, I would have totally failed. I think I did. I was lucky. Uh, I made it very clear at the beginning. Things rolled very nicely for me. The dice was very kind. Uh, It was for Bernie as well. We often laugh and joke about that. We're a couple of complete choicesters. And um, and we happen to make it okay. Not quite in his bracket. I'm still uh, a couple of million behind him. And um, a billion, I should say. Um, Mind you, we all are. But uh, nevertheless, you know, I've got a good hand and and, and I'm I'm just happy. As long as I could be doing... Uh, anything that's outside sport in many respects was the thing i wanted to do
0: now final question for you eddie um and this throws up all sorts of answers freddie hunt actually when we asked him this got a bit emotional because it was a um, sort of touching on his dad and his, some of the thoughts he had around him but what are you scared of
2: um i'm scared of being ill um i haven't been ill at, at my age 72 i've had just such uh, lucky, um, I, 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 if I'm going to go out, I want to go out in a hurry. I, I, you know I hear people having car crashes or airplane crashes and, and so you know everyone seems doom and gloom. but in many respects, providing it's quick and easy. I do not want to spend uh, years and years of my life um, in, in ill health. Yeah. and I, I want to be able to enjoy the time with the people that I love and I enjoy while I'm there. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to become
0: a burden or a misery. That's a, that's a lovely answer. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now, Eddie, appreciate you joining us. I wish we had more time. We're going to have to do this again in part two. There's so much more we want to talk to you about. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to the lovely Mickey for helping set it up. Eddie Jordan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Catch you again soon.
1: Well done, boys. Before you hop off, one final reminder to check out the guys and girls at Motus One, your new transportation solution for minor, mega and signature events anywhere in the world. Motus One simplifies the complex process of event transportation and provides clients with unrivaled service and support to ensure your event's transportation needs are fulfilled. Check them out today at motorswan.com and if you tell them you found them through the Motormouth podcast, you'll get up to 20% off your first booking. Now, doesn't that sound good? Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook. Just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth podcast.